When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The big girls love that. Chicks love the last shot opportunity. Somebody give me a napkin so I can wipe my mouth. All right, back with another episode of the Cedric Maxwell Podcast. Joseph Pavone here alongside Cedric Maxwell. We're doing this one, uh, it's not necessarily FaceTime, but of course doing it over the phone. Uh, a lot to talk about. The Celtics trade, Danny Ainge stepping up to the table, of course. Two two trades, uh, three new players, three guys out. Of course, we'll get what Max uh, thinks about all that and what he saw against the Milwaukee Bucks Friday night. It was a blowout. It was the Celtics. Well, in the end, it wasn't a blowout, but it certainly felt like one. Uh, 122 to 114. Uh, Celtics grabbed a, a, a 20 plus lead in that fourth quarter, and and the Bucks the Bucks started waving the white flag. You know, they only they had, just like the Celtics, they had a, a second night of a back to back waiting for them. So uh, they didn't take any more chances after that. But now the Celtics, of course, with the trade with the big win against the Bucks, Max, what do you how do you feeling about this team now? Is this is this team going to turn the corner here? Is is, is Evan Fournier the, the trade of Evan Fournier going to get everyone uh, you know a, a whole new level of focus now? What, what do you think? How do you call on it? I mean, I think two things happen. I think we also have to talk about Daniel Tice uh, being um, traded. I think that Danny has has done what Red Arback did when he was around. Red Arback shipped away Gerald Henderson. Gerald Henderson was a valuable player for us. But why did they do that? Because they wanted to give Danny Ainge an opportunity to shine and flourish in a system that felt like the minutes that Gerald had were going to take away from Danny. Same thing that you've talked about for the longest time. The keys now are in Robert Williams' hands. You've been talking about it over. Got to play Robert Williams. Got to play Robert Williams. Got to play. Well, <laughs> now you're going to play Robert Williams. So you're going to get the opportunity to see if he advances and how he will advance. A good, good buddy. Bob Ryan wrote a story 40, 45, 46 years ago about um, this young kid that he felt when Celtics were having a bad year. He said this young kid should get all the minutes he wants and make as many mistakes as he, he wanted, but he's going to be the future of the Celtics. That kid was Cedric Maxwell. And I think that that's what the Celtics are doing now. They're saying, you know, all these people who have been clamoring, like, Rob Williams, Rob Williams, you got to play him. Got, well, you got what you asked for, and we'll see how those results turn out. 
Well, so far, so good, right? I mean, uh, against the Bucks, it wasn't about the scoring. It was about everything else. I thought Robert Williams was going to put together a triple-double because he was he was on a tear, man, especially on the defensive end, which, of course, is so important for the Celtics team. He finished with seven points, uh, nine rebounds, uh, six assists, five blocks, uh, a couple of steals, and a couple of big-time plays. Right, Max? Yeah, I mean, that's that's what you look for him to do. And you're gonna, he's going to make mistakes, uh, you know, because he hasn't played as much on the NBA level. So I think that you are saying you're giving him those keys and you're giving him opportunity to play. Fourier comes in, I think he's a he's a knockdown shooter. And, you know, at about six six, I saw six seven. I didn't think he was that tall, but say six seven shooting the jump shot, that is going to give the Celtics, you know, a complete hammer when it comes to having another score who can hit shots when you kick the ball out. This is a make and miss league. If you don't have those guys on the outside knocking down shots, then you're going to have some problems. I think he comes in, he he fills that gap as a a guy uh, shooting the basketball and knocking down shots. This is a a three-point shoot. This team likes to be a three-point shooting team. With Evan Fournier, obviously that three-point shot is going to go a long way, but I mean, just for general spacing, I love this trade because of what it's going to do for Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. I think it frees them up a bit. I think this is kind of the guy that everyone's been thinking, well, you never replaced Gordon Hayward or you never replaced that role. I'm not I'm not going to call this guy Gordon Hayward replacement worthy, but I just think in his own right, he's going to plug in that void, whether it's a guy who can knock down threes open, someone you can rely on, whether it's a 20-point score or just someone that can help in transition move that basketball. And he doesn't need the ball in his hand to be productive, which is a, a, a huge key when you're playing alongside Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. I think that is that's a great point to make, that he doesn't need the ball. He can stand still, stand in the corners and knock down shots. My issue is going to be this. Here's a guy who was having a career year, averaging over 20 a game. What happens when his touches go down? Because they will on this team. Is he going to be happy in that role? I mean, I am, I am shocked at what Orlando did. I mean, Orlando just, I mean, what did, did they blow? They blow Disneyland up or Disney World up? <laughs> Is that what they did? I mean, they got rid of everybody. Yeah, man, it's a, they uh, they they're gonna they're gonna rebuild Disney. That, that that's the move right now. You know, they. Help. I mean, that's what it seems like. I mean, Mouseville is no longer gone. I mean, who's gonna replace Mickey Mouse? Because all those very good players they have, they just they went elsewhere. So I was a little surprised for for a team like that that could compete. I still think that they were a playoff team, but obviously that wasn't where they were going. And, and I think they want to get back to that era when they had Dwight Howard and they had Shaquille O'Neal and, and they were a contending team. Yeah, I mean, one former Magic player who was uh, really surprised, probably more surprised than you, Max, was, was Nikola Vucevic. Now, Nikola Vucevic made his uh, Chicago Bulls debut Friday night. And when he was asked about it, he it drove him to tears, you know? He said he made a lot of great relationships in Orlando and he spent nine years there and people don't always understand you know the kind of relationships you form when you're in a team for that when you're in a city playing for a team uh, for almost a decade yeah i mean that that is so true we watched him grow into a, a so 
solid star in the NBA. Right. A solid big man. Yeah. Who can score points, rebound the basketball. Not the best defender in the world, but but those other other things I think he's so capable of doing. So I, I just I was just shocked to see what happened that um, Orlando was able to get that, that they almost gave him away to Chicago and Chicago might be making some noise over the next couple of years. They they've got a pretty good foundation now. Yeah, they set themselves up nicely. I mean, you, you look at everything that went down. I, I believe it was the the most players traded in the what was it, over 20, 25 years. Like there was a lot of deals, and and I wasn't thinking that was going to happen because I'm thinking all the big names are they already been traded, right? James Harden was traded, and you know what happened with Russell Westbrook. But no, man, the NBA didn't disappoint with this deadline. Well, I thought of you immediately when. Lou Williams got traded to Atlanta. Well, right near the chicken wings now. <laughs> Yo, he's the king. He's gonna be the king of uh, of of, uh, of Magic City now. He's back. Yeah, the, king, he, the king's he, on the throne. I mean, he was he was shocked to go there, but that's his hometown. Um, the trade that I think this was more like a Ty Lue trade to get Rondo there with the Clippers. And the one thing that the Clippers have lacked is that setup guy, that point guard, that that brain out there that is going to calculate and get people in the right spot. Um, I like Patrick Beverly, but Patrick Beverly isn't necessarily a point guard. He's more of a pit bull. So I I, I like this trade that Ty Lue has made, especially considering, you know, the one their arch rival is right down the street is, going to be the Lakers. So Rondo just played there, just won the championship. He knows the nuances of their offense. So, I mean, I think it's a great pickup for Tyler. Yeah, no question, no question. I think the Clippers did it did it the right way. Some people are upset that they didn't just outright sign him during the offseason where they could have, you know, just avoided all this. But I think you needed to give Paul George that space, right? Paul George wanted to try to show his how much of a facilitator he can be along with a score and found out that he's just not that guy, you know? And that's okay. That's not necessarily a bad thing when you can bring in someone like Ray John Rondo who's going to help set guys up. Listen, the last thing Rondo wants is to take over and try to do things himself. I mean, look at what we saw in last year's NBA Finals. So, yeah, it's a huge pickup for the Clippers and a smart move, I think. Yeah. I think those those moves are, are the moves that um, really... But, like, the Daniel Tice move, the only thing that bothered me about that, Daniel Tice is a good quality dude, good quality player. You ship him off to Chicago, and he's done everything you want to hear in Boston. Everything. Taking charges, play bigger. You know, always had to play bigger people in the post. Um, not afraid at all to, um, you know, take those charges and, and that, you know, attempt those shots. So so I, I, I was a little surprised that he went, but I do understand why he went. Right. That was again what I was saying. Danny Ainge being red or back when when Danny Ainge was a player and getting rid of Gerald Henderson. Gerald Henderson was a, a good quality player. Obviously Danny Ainge became a, a bet he was a better prospect than Gerald Henderson at the end of the day. It was, both guys were very good players and friends. But 
This episode of the Cedric Maxwell Podcast is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. Now, BetOnline.ag isn't just about sports. If you don't want to bet on sports, BetOnline has other options, such as award shows, TV shows, and reality TV. Now, real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Head over to BetOnline.ag. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore get in on the action now don't forget to use that promo code clns50 to receive your 50 percent welcome bonus with your first deposit betonline.ag head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit betonline.ag your online sportsbook experts you think maybe that's gonna happen with, with robert williams here i mean if, if robert williams yes. continues to ascend that, that is that's why they have. That's why they have Vegas. That's why they have Boxwoods. They roll something to roll in the damn dice here. <laughs> Robert Williams, we've seen potential. We've seen glimpses of brilliance. Can he can can he be consistent with that brilliance we talked about? I think that's going to be the big key. What can can he bring that to the table every night right. and not get fouled? I mean, you talk about losing uh, Daniel Tice. We're talking about a Celtics team that is easily one of the worst defensive teams that we've seen in the last few years, right? I mean, they're ranked bottom 10 in the NBA defensive efficiency. You're taking out someone like Daniel Tice, who's obviously a, a, a big piece of that defense, a starting center, and you're plugging in Robert Williams with the hope that he's going to be able to take over and take that mantle. I mean, obviously, you know, salary plays a part here, but Danny Ainge went on the radio, and he's gone on to say, listen, this is this is his time now. You know, we're giving him the keys here. And, of course, you know, a, a buyout, there's a couple buyout options uh, that that could uh, that that are available could be available for the Celtics that that involve another center and, and Andre Drummond. So maybe he doesn't get you know the, the the keys to the castle so to speak here and, and play thirty plus minutes. But Robert Williams is certainly a key for the future here for the Celtics team, and so this is certainly a significant uh, time in his career for sure. Yeah, I, I I like to give him the keys to the castle. I mean, because you're you're not looking at a team right now the way they're playing. You wouldn't say that they are a championship team. No, no. Even with that trade, William, Rob Williams could be a stone towards being a championship contender if he is consistent in the post. So you don't worry about it. Hey, well, we made the playoffs. We we won the first round. Or we 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 got past the second round. Here in Boston, is about winning championships. I've done them in Patriot Land. It's done with Celtics, Red Sox, Bruins. There's a consistency, there's a, a level of consistency that everybody looks for here in Boston with their teams. And that's more or less like, like you know, 
but Max, with with that being said, I mean, not every Celtics fan was thrilled about what happened Thursday night. You know, they're like, listen, Magic did a fire sale. You know, they were selling everything, and you didn't get the you didn't get the centerpiece. You know, you didn't get the the big the the, the big uh, you know what was it the couch. The big, the yeah. big taco. Like you know, the yard sale. You didn't get the big couch for you know the 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 the, the drastically marked down big couch. You settled for the for the lamp. I mean, how do you feel about that? Because I think Vucevic was obviously someone that people were talking about. Aaron Gordon was another person. I mean, those are two levels of whether we're talking assets. You know, that, that's going to cost you quite a bit here. So I mean, granted, when you look at things from afar. The Fourier did. I mean, I I don't hate it because you're 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 filling in a void that you really need. Three point shooting, someone who doesn't need the ball in his hands to score. Uh, you know, someone who can spread the floor for Tatum and Brown. So you do fill that void, but at the same time, people are upset. You know, people want to see Vucevic. What did you give up in the Fourier deal? You gave up a couple of first round, uh, second round second, draft picks, yeah. and and you gave away, well, yeah, and you gave away what Jeff T. Who they just who they who they just waived by the way? Who yeah obviously who just waived. Yeah. So I, I think that you know it, it's just really weird this whole buyout thing where guys say okay here take this money and uh, you know we'll holler back at you. <laughs> Pretty much uh, we don't need, we don't need you don't need <laughs> to show up. You know you just got traded to our team, but you don't need to show up. When did this start, Max? Like uh, like was was. I was going to say, trade. I don't think dudes were doing this in your, in your days. My last trade was to the Washington Wizards. Washington didn't want me, and it, what you had to show up. You had to show up at that time, and I went through all this training camp and all this stuff for them to wait me instead of, like now, they don't want you to say, well, you know, we're, we're going to cut you. Right. So, you know, don't even show up. Don't, and don't waste my time. Don't waste your time. Uh, Jeff Teague is Jeff Teague can still be a a valuable asset. Absolutely, it's gonna help some teams win some games because one thing we're starting to see Jeff Teague round into shape and be more Jeff Teague. And he explained that to to Sean Grandy and I on the podcast. He, I mean, on after game, we had him as a as a guest, mm-hmm. and he said, "Man, I haven't played basketball in almost a year. My best competition was against my brother." So he wasn't, and he, he didn't, I said, you, you're throwing your brother under the bus? He said, yeah, my brother's not NBA caliber. And so when I get back to the NBA, all these things I've just done against my brother, I just did it, you know, what the hell? Right. In NBA, I had to understand that, you know, get back to the game of competing at a higher level. So, you know, I, I think that's what you saw in Jeff T. And, and uh, we're starting to see more consistency in these last, I'm going to say last 10 games with him. The biggest thing is that Fourier essentially is a rental because he's going to be, I think, a free agent at the end of this. Right. And Danny, of course, is hoping he can sign him, but yeah, he will be a free agent. Yeah, I mean, that, but that's the thing. He is, he essentially is going right now going to be a rental because he'll be a free agent at the end of this who's averaging about 22 points a game who's going to be a cherry for a lot of teams out there. So with the Celtics, you didn't give up a lot, and Danny didn't give up a lot to get him. I think in the case of Vukovic, you were going to have to give up, you know, some of those those valuable pieces you wanted. Uh, you're going to have to give up a Rob Williams. You're going to have to give up a Marcus Smart. 
going to have to give up one of those frontier players that you looked at, that you had covered it for the longest time. So I think that's that's the way this deal really should be looked at when it comes to you know not getting Vukovic because you're going to lose uh, some piece that you really wanted to keep. Where does this trade put the Celtics? Big picture wise, playoffs. Let's let's go there. Let's look ahead a bit. Let's just let's just guess. Where, where do you think this trade could put this team? Big picture in the Eastern Conference in, in, in the postseason. Fourth. Okay. Fourth place. I think right now. I think that the cream of the crop would have to be Philly, and not in a certain order. Brooklyn would be in there. Um, those are the two that you look at are the outstanding teams. Milwaukee. Milwaukee to me is like, I, I don't know. Milwaukee goes up and down. Sometimes when I think the world views it, sometimes I'm going, eh. So, you know, I, I think in that, that fourth level, you got everybody else in there, or, you know, Atlanta was playing really well. Um, you know, Charlotte has been really good, but how would they be now without, you know, the ball kid after breaking his, breaking his wrist? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think it puts them in a, a solid position of four someplace in there. Okay, that's not bad. I mean, I, yeah, I, I'm with you on that because I, I think this team could get home court, and I think it's going gonna, it's gonna to mean a whole lot to them uh, this postseason. So it's really important for them to do it. And, and they're, of course, that's not a lot of time. Wait, this is what I think when you say home court. What does home court mean? Those fans will be back, Max. Those fans will be back. These are Boston drunken fans we're talking about. I'm not talking about. I'm not talking about, you know, 2,500 people in that building, Josue. I'm talking about, when is it, will it be, in, in play, at playoff time, will it be back to 16,000? Will it be back to 16, 6, or whatever it goes in that building, almost 17,000 yeah. people? Probably not. Will, will it Will it be that? So, that's what I'm saying. I'm not sure what home court is going to mean. And so many teams this year have struggled uh playing at home because they haven't had the crowd and, and I would definitely say the Celtics are affected probably as great as any team because they have that, that home home court has always been a great six man we've seen some lackluster performances by the Celtics in Boston that would have never happened if they would have had the crowd there yeah, no question the crowd would not have taken it and the crowd would have pushed them to another level so, so I, I think you, you'll see a lot of crazy stuff I mean, so many question marks. I mean, you look at Jason Tatum, who was dizzy the other day, and then comes out and destroys Milwaukee. Is it going to be, is he going to be, is, does he have the long, long hauler effect when it comes to COVID? So, I mean, there's so many question marks about this year and proceeding forward. All right, Max, before we get up out of here, um, I know we talked about him briefly, but I, I need to know your stance on this, this potential Andre Drummond signing. Is is that something that could really help the Celtics team? Maybe that helps them lock a four seed, or is he someone just sort of whatever you get from him is, is, is a bonus? Yeah, that is a great question. We've seen him against the Celtics play really well. Oh, yeah. Has the game really changed in a way? Is it is he really look good against the Celtics and other teams struggle? Because... You know, he's going to be looking at him uh, as the guy who's going to be playing against MB. Uh, is he is he that big piece if you advance that far to go against Embiid? How would he play? Embiid has really owned him in almost every other center. I think I would rather just take my chances, maybe go with 
the team you have now, uh, especially with Rob Williams, and give him an opportunity to get some lessons from Joel Embiid if you were lucky enough to play Philly. Because that's that that is going to be the key. I don't think Drummond is your future. He would be a band aid, but he would. I don't think he's the future of what you do with your team. And on top of that, he's going to be obviously uh, you know a free agent at the end of the year. But you know, if he didn't have to get much for him in the buyout, he decided to come here. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't turn him down by yeah. no means. I like the way you put that. Yeah, same. Agreed. I, I wouldn't turn it down because I I like the idea of trying to put him and Rob together maybe in stretches or maybe they rub off on each other. I don't know. Something to kind of push Rob a bit and going into the playoffs and maybe he's not eating up 15, 16 minutes, but uh, something less to help to sort of help Rob in his progression. Yeah, I mean, that that's that's the finite position of this, this year. The progression and where you're going. And that is, I'll say it again, the Daniel Tice trade was as key as any trade we've seen here. Because it gives those minutes, those 25, 30 minutes a game to Rob Williams every single night. So he, he's, it's, it's time to him to, uh, you know, own up to it. And uh, hopefully he plays well. I mean, he's shown brilliance, some flashes of. But, but can he be consistent? It's time, Lord, it's time. Max? <laughs> okay. I, I, look, just the way you have been one of his biggest cheerleaders when it comes oh, to man, Rob Why I got to be cheerleader? Oh, why I got to be cheerleader? Play Rob you got to play Rob <laughs> Okay. You got what you asked for. Okay? Advocates, uh, how many spokesmen, times did, how many times did you cheerleader, huh? Joe Swag, be careful what you ask for. You just might get it. <laughs> All right, but you know you know my favorite line to say when, when things like this play out the way I like them to play out. I told you, Max. I told you so. I'll give you your props, what you mean? It's been a while, though. Okay, okay. I think it's been a while. I I got it. I hear you. I understand it. I I love it. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of the Cedric Maxwell Podcast. Of course, we'll be back next week with plenty of more content and other stuff to to talk about, Max. we got to catch up on other things as well, not just Celtics. All right, my brother. All right, guys. We'll check you guys next week.